Blog Talk Radio. This is the national premiere Soccer League show hosted by Daniel Feuerstein, the show dedicated to the NPSL club and the fans. Your host, Daniel Feuerstein. Good evening, NPSL soccer fans. This is Daniel Feuerstein, and welcome to this special edition of the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show, talking about the National Premier Soccer League as we get ready to have some fun conversations with those representing the clubs in the NPSL. And, of course, a special show uh, to kick it off uh, in about 13, 14 minutes from now uh, with the brand-new expansion side for 2023 in Annapolis, Maryland. And I cannot wait to have Alex Yee joining us uh, to discuss this big moment for the NPSL. And as always, before we even get into talks with these clubs, let's get on to the current standings right now in the 2022 season. In this right away in the Eastern Region, Southeast Conference, Appalachian FC in the first place with 18 points. Georgia Revolution in second place with 16. Apotheos in third with 14 North Alabama SC in fourth place with 12 points. LSA Atletico Lanier with eight. And Georgia Storm in dead last at the moment with four points. In the North Atlantic Division, excuse me, the conference, Hartford City FC leading that conference with 23 points. Vallejo FC in second place with 15. The New York Shockers in third place with 10. Kingston Stockade in fourth place with nine. Cedar Stars uh, in fifth place with eight. And Syracuse FC at the moment. Only five points through five draws. And that they are in dead last. Mid-Atlantic, we have the Alexandria Reds in first place. Tied for first points. They're ahead by a plus goal. With a plus eight on the differential, Northern Virginia United with a plus seven on the differential in second place, also 19 points. Third place, Virginia Beach City FC. Frederick, FC Frederick in fourth place. Grove Soccer United in fifth with six points. And First State FC in dead last. They only have uh, five points with a win and two draws. In the heavily filled Keystone Conference Electric City Shock leading it with 23 points. They got a big matchup on the road. They're going to take on FC Motown. They are only behind by three points. They have 20, even though they have a match. um, They got 20 points at the moment. So the differential, they're only behind by four. Uh, Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals in third place, 21 points. Westchester United uh, in fourth with 18. Jackson Lions in fifth place with 16. Tied for sixth, Philadelphia Lone Star. And Torch FC with 10 each. Minus six on the differential for Philly. Minus 10 uh, for Torch. 
Crush FC, and that's why they're in seventh. FC Monmouth in eighth place with eight points, along with Atlantic City FC. Minus nine for Monmouth at eighth. Minus 13 on the differential for Atlantic City FC in ninth. Pennsylvania Classics, they are in tenth place. And Hershey FC is dead last with six points with a win and three draws. In the Midwest, going to the Rust Belt Conference, Cleveland SC leading 19 points in first. They have a match in hand. Pittsburgh Hotspots, Hotspurs, excuse me, uh, 21 points, even though they should be ahead on points, but there's a match in hand for Cleveland, so we'll see what happens when they take on Erie Commodores. Uh, third place is FC Buffalo with 13. Then fourth place, Erie Commodores with eighth. And dead last, Akron City with seven. In the North Re- uh, Conference, Med City FC in first place with 31 points. Duluth FC second with 30. And then that's just them leading the pack. Dakota Fusion FC with 18 points. Minneapolis City SC 16 points, third, fourth. Minnesota Twin Stars FC 13 points, fifth. Sioux Falls Thunder in sixth place with 11. Joy St. Louis Park in seventh place with 10. And LC Aris FC, they have nine points through three wins and after 12 matches played. In the Great Lakes, Muskegon Risers tied with FC Columbus with 20 points each. One match in hand by Muskegon. Let's see what they can do as they're going to take up ready for their next match. Muskegon, though, has a plus 19 on the differential. They're in first. Columbus is in second place with 15. In third place, Carpathia FC with nine. Fourth place, FC Milwaukee Torrent in fourth with eight. Panathinaiko Chicago in dead last with four points. So Muskegon Risers, FC Columbus are running away with this region uh, and uh, in, uh, should I say in the conference of the Great Lakes and um, we'll see what happens when it gets to playoff time if these are the two teams that's going to be really difficult to face against in the playoffs of the NPSL in the Southern Region Gulf Coast Conference Jacksonville Armadas under 23 club in first 31 points in second place Southern State Soccer Club with 27 Third place is Pensacola FC with 19. And fourth place, the New Orleans Jesters in 16. Fifth place, AFC Mobile with 10. In sixth place, Florida Roots with 9. And Tallahassee SC, unfortunately, dead last with only two points to their name. Lone Star, my goodness. Laredo Heat just having a hell of a time. It's very top-heavy here. In the Lone Star Conference, we got Laredo Heat leading with 26 points in first. Corinthians FC of San Antonio in second place with 23. FC Brownsville and Denton Diablos, defending NPSL champions, they both have 22. Plus 20 on the differential for Brownsville. They're in third. Diablos with a plus 18. They are in fourth. Irving FC, the Rooster, 20 points. In fifth place, Lubbock Matadors, sixth place, 17 points. CF10 Houston FC, 11 points. Eighth place, Fort Worth Vaqueros, 10 points. 
and tied for last, Austin United FC and Coyotes FC. The differential goes in favor of Austin as they have minus 28 and ninth, while the Coyotes are in dead last with a minus 41 on the gold differential. In the Sunshine State, in the Sunshine Conference, Miami Beach Club de Football leading that conference with 21 points. In second place, Central Florida Panthers tied with Miami United FC for 18 points. Central Florida in second place with a plus 12. Miami United in third place with a plus 7. And in fourth place, Naples United with uh, 14 points. Miami Dutch Lions in fifth place with 5. And Magia FC dead last with 3 points. And in the Heartland, Leading Tulsa Athletic, 26 points. Behind them, OKC, 1889 with 23. In third place, Demise NPSL with 16. Sunflower State FC in fourth place with 15. Arkansas Wolves in fifth place with 13. Club Atletico St. Louis in sixth place with 12. And Rain FK in dead last, only with five points in the Heartland Conference. Now we go to the West, head into the Golden Gate Conference. Sacramento Gold, 25 points, just a point ahead of both El Ferrolito and Napa Valley, 1839, as El Ferrolito has 27 points, excuse me, uh, 24 points with a plus 27 differential, and that's why they're in second, Napa Valley, 24 points with a plus 21 on the differential. They are in third. Contra Costa FC in fourth place, tied with Academica SC and FC Davis. Plus three for Contra Costa in fourth. Academica fifth place with plus one. FC Davis in sixth place due to the minus 11 differential. Oakland SC, they are in seventh with 11 points. Sonoma County Soul. Eighth place with six points in the Oakland Stompers in dead last with no wins, eight losses and two draws for two points. And in the Pacific Conference, IPSFC or International Portland Select at the moment tied for first with SC Brave Lions in International Portland on on the goal differential, a plus 15 there in first. SC Brave Lions in second place. They have a plus seven on the differential. Crossfire, Redmond in third place with 17 points. FC Arizona in fourth place with 10 points. Las Vegas Legends in fifth place. They have nine. OSA Seattle in sixth at the moment with four points. And so far... Nothing from PDX FC, Tacoma Stars, or Spokane Shadow. It looks like they have not uh, have they have not played a match at the moment. So it's just going to be them probably for next season, or maybe they're going to be in a fall league. We'll see what happens. But uh, at the moment, those three sides that are in the Pacific Conference once again: PDX FC, Tacoma Stars, Spokane Shadow. Uh, are not registering a match. They are not playing, so we'll see what happens uh, moving forward for these clubs. Will they remain in the NPSL, or are they 
just getting ready for the 2023 season. We'll have to uh, wait and see on that. But, you know, it's very exciting, once again. Very, very exciting when the NPSL comes together. Big-time moments. Big-time action when it comes to the National Premier Soccer League clubs getting ready for a big push to make the playoffs. Uh, talking to uh, the owner of Central Florida Panthers, of course, Giovanni Talaferreira. Uh, his side is very close to getting a berth into the MPSL playoffs for 2022. Can't wait for that to happen. And uh, if they officially stamp their ticket to get into the big playoff rounds, and it should be a lot of fun for them. And hopefully they can advance deep into the final eight to qualify automatically for that U.S. Open Cup spot. If not, hopefully they've done enough to be a part of the U.S. Open Cup run that uh, they may start to go on to. And it's going to be a fun time when these teams opportunity to get to the Open Cup and represent the NPSL. And, of course, uh, can't wait to talk to them, to those uh, clubs that have qualified or have been given the qualification uh, from U.S. soccer to say you are in, and that is exciting. But once again, the playoffs are exciting. And if I could just go back, I, I want to go back to um, the Keystone Conference. And once again, it, it, this is a healthy conference with tons of clubs and with 11 altogether. I mean, two, four, six, seven. Um, if you want to say it's a three-team race, in the keystone between Electric City Shock, FC Motown, and the Philadelphia Ukraine Nationals, that's fine and dandy. Go right ahead because, you know, we're seeing a very balanced keystone conference here uh, um, from these three sides. And don't sell short Westchester United, Jackson Lions, or Philadelphia Lone Star. They could, well, maybe Philadelphia Lone Star might be a little bit separating from the top five pack. But, I mean, Westchester United, Jackson Lions, I mean, there's a good, strong possibility that maybe those two can somehow sneak in, still plenty of time, sneak in and try to get themselves into position to take away a playoff spot from the top three. I don't know if it will happen or not. We will find out if it does happen, but I'm being honest with everyone. You never know when they might go on a run and put some fear into the top three that could knock them down and possibly lose a playoff spot. We're not sure if it's going to happen or not, but one thing is for sure is that for the MPSL, this is going to be exciting. This is going to be a lot of fun. And I cannot wait to have these teams qualify for the NPSL playoffs, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're getting ready for the show tonight. I have my first guest uh, waiting for him to come in. It is former MLS player Alex Yee. He is co-owner of the expansion side, Annapolis, Maryland Club, that will start in 2023. 
Now, as I'm waiting for him, and hopefully he'll call in to talk to us, um, you know, this is exciting that there'll be another uh, MPSL soccer club coming into the league, especially in a city like Annapolis. Of course, as everyone knows, a very, very big naval town. Of course, the Naval Academy is there. And thankfully, we have him on right now, the co-owner of the Annapolis expansion side for 2023, former MLS player Alex Yee. Alex, good evening, and how are you? Hey, guys. How you doing? I'm doing well. Wonderful. Welcome to the show, and congratulations on getting your club into the MPSL for next season. What's it like to feel like being a, a club owner instead of a club player these days? Oh, man. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little crazy, actually. I don't, I don't think it's really set, set in, you know. I'm, like, getting text messages and from my buddies, and they're like, okay, owner. So it hasn't really sunk in, but it's uh, it's really cool being on this side of it and just kind of seeing um, just how everything operates. You know, when you're a player, you don't really care or, you know, think about anything else, but, you know, preparing for the game and training well and uh, – and and performing but you know kind of being on this side of things you're learning a ton um you're seeing how hard people are working behind the scenes and and um just how to engage with the community and so it's it's been really really cool uh being part of it and um just super excited for for the next uh coming months and and kicking off next year Obviously, you've brought in former Real Salt Lake midfielder Kyle Beckerman to be a part of the ownership group. He is a Maryland native. You are a Virginia native. For you, why in Maryland were you talked into it, or you just felt that was the perfect spot to start that club uh, through Kyle? Yeah, so, um, you know, I I was born in Virginia, but I really grew up in Maryland. I really grew up... uh, about, uh, you know, not too far from Annapolis, actually, in Talbot County in Easton, Maryland. And, um, and Kyle, um, you know, grew up in Crofton, Maryland, grew up going to Naval Academy uh, soccer camps. And, um, you know, Kyle and I have always, you know, have always been close and we're working together at, uh, at Utah Valley University. And I was actually at the Naval Academy as an assistant coach under the head coach there now, Tim O'Donohue. And um, it kind of been like the first time I'd been back to Maryland since I left uh, as a teenager. And um, I've always wanted to, you know, Colin and I have always wanted to like give back uh, to where we grew up and just felt like we hadn't ever really done enough for um, our communities. And um, when, when Hitch kind of, he, Hitch hit me up when I was at the Naval Academy and he's like, Hey man, like, what do you think about Annapolis as a potential location for a soccer team? And, and um, that just kind of light bulb just went off, you know, having grown up there and been in Annapolis, you know, uh, a lot in my child nights. Annapolis is a town where people have so much pride in, in, in that place and that town. And I felt that uh, they'd really rally around the team there. And I thought Kyle was the perfect person to just kind of, bring in and, you know, the, the notoriety that he has and the accomplishments that he's, he's had as a player and going to the World Cup, MLS Cup champion, Hall of Famer, um, it just made a ton of sense. And I'm really happy that it kind of all worked out and, and um, 
Yeah, we're just really stoked. Why is it Michael Hitchcock is always around when there's uh, trying to talk people into building a brand new soccer team? I just don't understand it. What hypnotistic uh, priority does he have that got you doing this? I mean, it's amazing. If it's not you, it's uh, over in Denton, Texas with the Diablos, with all these <laughs> other clubs and MPSL. He's like a snake charmer. He finds a way to hypnotize everyone to build a soccer club. I mean, no offense. I mean, this is a great thing he's doing, but, you know, what is it about him that gets you so excited to be an owner and to put it in Annapolis? Yeah, it's, it's really all about Hitch's energy. You know, it's, uh, I had the pleasure of, uh, you know, Hitch is, Hitch is the one responsible as the general manager at FC Dallas in 2005. He brought me back from Europe and, and I, you know, that's the first time I met Hitch and always just been super genuine, super honest. Um, and, it, you know, when it comes to like building these franchises and, you know, speaking to him about Denton, speaking to him about Napa, speaking to him about all these places, he's does it for the right reasons. And that's what really like attracted me and attracted Kyle, you know, it's, 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 um, it's, so it's it's really those two things, you know, the energy that Hitch, Hitch brings, the passion that he brings, um, and the belief that he brings. He he just really kind of painted us this picture, um, and then uh, you know just being a really good human being, you know, Hitch is is uh, gr- great integrity and just the kind of person that we want to you know kind of be with, you know, and and as you can imagine, Kyle gets. Tons of opportunity, you know. He can do whatever he wants, really, um, in the U.S. soccer scene, and and um, you know, Kyle's pretty low key, and and you know, has has his kind of like uh, you know, family, and and he's not really like putting himself out there. So for 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 Hitch to kind of have that conversation with us, and immediately it wasn't even really like a thought. It was just passion was there, and, and, and the right reasons in that town. And, He's a master. You're right. Hitch is a master, and um, he's been brilliant throughout this whole process, and we're really lucky to have him uh, be a part of uh, the ownership group, obviously, and, and we're really excited to see where this thing goes. Oh, that's fantastic to hear, and obviously, you know, that's the infectious bug he has for the sport, and uh, especially to make it grow bigger and better in the U.S., and I can't – I'm very happy he got you to go to uh, Annapolis to start this whole thing. Since now being an owner, just give us, you know, what what's the daily life now with you and Kyle um, running things, setting it up for the for the following season in 2023. Uh, what – what has life been for you now since obviously you're now considered an owner of an MPSL club or even just a, just a club in, the, in American soccer? Yeah. So right now I think it's, uh, it's, it's a lot about just kind of getting the word out there and, and kind of like getting people excited about uh, this team coming to Annapolis. Um, and the day to day is, you know, it, it's really all hitch. You know, it's it's a lot of emails. It's a lot of just keeping us kind of updated on what he's doing. And, you know, we're trying to secure a stadium. So he's just keeping us up to date on kind of where that thing's going. And, um, you know, it's, it, he's been absolutely brilliant. So, um, you know, hitch will send us like, 
you know, notes and, and, you know, what we can talk about in, in all these interviews that we're doing. And um, so that's, that's really exciting. You know, we've, we've got, um, we've got Hitch, you know, who's a master at this and he's kind of guiding us throughout the process in terms of like how we kind of feel as being owners. It's kind of surreal. Like, I think it's like, uh, it's almost like, I don't really deserve it. You know, like I, I feel like that titles, like kind of like, you know, I think of owners and it's kind of like a big deal, but you know, for me, it doesn't really change anything. And um, I just want to support and help as, as much as I can and anything regarding the club. Um, and that's kind of, you know, I, I know Kyle feels the same way. So we, we just want to serve, you know, we, we want to serve uh, um, and give opportunities to people and, and yeah, again, just anything we can do to help guys and, and um, in the community or, or young guys interning within the club or opportunities for college guys to play in the summer. And we're going to put together a great staff and, and find a GM. And that's kind of like the process that we're kind of starting to get into now. So it's, it's been really cool. If I can ask you this, obviously you don't have a name yet for the team or a nickname yet for the team. Will this be done through the fans or are you going to select the name yourself? And if you are going to select the name yourself, will it be due to the Naval Academy in, in, in Annapolis? So the name will be chosen um, by the fans. You know, everything will be done by the fans. There's an online poll that the, the guys, everyone can go to, AnnapolisSoccer.com, and there's four options there. We've got the Kraken, we've got Sea Wolves, the Maryland Blues, and, and Yard FC. Um, you know, and being from Maryland and being from the Eastern Shore, I told Hitch, I was like, you know, Hitch, I know you've lived in Texas for a long time, and I know you work for D.C. United, but the power of the crab is real on the, <laughs> in Maryland and Annapolis. So I think that one, I think that one's in the lead. I think it said there was something like, uh, I think he said there were like 600 votes or something. So a lot of people mm-hmm. are participating online and we'd love like more people to participate and, and be a part of this thing. And, um, but right now I think the Annapolis blues, uh, are in the lead and, um, okay. So, yeah, it's, it's totally, it's totally community, you know, it's totally uh, community out there picking, picking what they want uh, their, their club's name to be. Well, I'm not going to disappoint you because I have a friend of mine who said it should have been the admirals, but uh, that's just his opinion, not mine. So (laughs) that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a, that's a really good one. Actually. I like that. Yeah. Well, you know, based on the Naval Academy and everything, but you know, look, that's his call and, that's his decision, but other than that, it's your call, what you want to do, and what the fans want to do. So that's wonderful to know and to discuss. Um, do you know which conference uh, Alexa- excuse me, uh, Annapolis will be joining? I'm assuming you'll be somewhere in the eastern region. Yeah, I believe it's the Mid-Atlantic. Um, okay. Mid-Atlantic Conference. And, uh, yeah, we, we're doing every day. We're doing our research every weekend. Our opponents are playing, and we're scouting those guys. And, um and uh, no, it's it's been awesome. I was just on the, I was just on the Twitter, and you know we're we're kind of like going back and forth with with the different clubs in our conference. And um, yeah, so we'll be in that conference, and um, you know we we'd love to make some announcements pretty soon here about where we're going to play. And and um, you know I, I mentioned uh, the GM search and, and the coaching staff that that we're going to put together. So it's all coming along. You know, it's all coming along slowly but surely. 
um, will be deliberate and, and take our time and, and, and make the right choices and who's going to lead the program. And so, yeah, uh, really exciting times ahead. And if I can ask you this, obviously, I mean, this is a hell of a conference you got to play in against FC Frederick for state uh, Grove Soccer United, Northern Virginia United, and Virginia Beach City. I'm assuming that'll be the big Derby matchup between Annapolis and um, Virginia Beach City because they're not too far away from each other. I mean, I know Alexandria's not far away. It's like where you were born and everything, but um, it just feels like uh, this could be the big uh, rivalry matchup that you're looking for. That's true. You know, that's true. You, you know, we'll see, you know, what, uh, who becomes our biggest rivals. And it doesn't necessarily have to be geographic. Like you said, you know, Alexandria is a lot closer to Virginia Beach, but Virginia Beach also has a big military presence there as well. Um, so it'll be like a great friendly rivalry, you know, and, uh, and yeah, we'll see. We just want to put together a great team, you know, put together a great staff and uh, be really competitive in, in our conference and, and try to go for it really. So I, I no, think, absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be great. Yeah. It's going to be awesome. Oh, I can't wait to see that happen for uh, next season. And before I let you go, um, how can you be 40 years old and still look that young? How is that possible? I saw this updated picture of you wearing your <laughs> FC Dallas outfit and it says you're 40 years old. I'm like, are you crazy? There's no way he's 40. No, 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 no. That's impossible. Yeah, I think it's uh, I, I think it's something in the water out here in, in Annapolis. Um, all, all the blue crab and and uh, but yeah, just um, really lucky, I guess. You know, really lucky. But uh, have have you seen Kyle lately? Uh, this guy, I'm starting to get a couple whites in my beard and and a couple whites in my hair. I haven't seen one in Kyle's head, so. Um, you should be asking that question to that guy for sure. Well, hopefully he'll come on the show because I got uh, one thing to say to you. He's dying his hair. <laughs> <laughs> I told him that too. Uh, I was like, uh, we took, we took, uh, we took staff pictures, uh, the other day and I'm like, Kyle, ah. like, stop it, bro. You're making us look bad. Stop dying your hair, man. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you might, think you might be right. Yeah. Alex, listen, good good luck uh, for next season. Congratulations on being part of the NPSL, and uh, good luck to you in 2023 with the uh, Annapolis Club. Thank you again. Thank you guys so much. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you, too. Co-owner of the Annapolis expansion side for next year, Alex Yee, joining us uh, on the show today. And now... Uh, joining me is the Chief Executive Officer and Founder of Miami Beach Club Football. It is Mr. Tony Iafredi. Tony, good evening and how are you? Hi, good evening everyone. Everything's fine. Thank you for the invitation. How are you tonight? I'm doing very well. My question to you is this. Is your brother Al the former National Hockey League player <laughs> from the Washington Capitals? You are not the first one that's asking me this. But uh, I don't know. Sadly not. Maybe not. I don't know. Then it depends on my father. My father travels a lot. Might be. Okay. But I don't think so. <laughs> yes. I don't think so. <laughs> but at least, you know, another Yaprad that is successful. So it's good. I wish to be like him in the soccer. That's right. Absolutely. So uh, Miami Beach uh, 
the Miami Beach Club, Club de Football, football. Uh, yes. Club de Football uh, has been doing very well so far in the Sunshine Conference. You do have a uh, four-point lead, a three-point lead, excuse me, over both Central Florida Panthers and close rivals in Miami United. What has been the secret to the success of this 2022 season so far? So uh, the secret is uh, two years that we are keeping it a secret because we won last year the UPSL Florida and we lost the the, um, the Florida final only at the penalty kick. Then uh, uh, this year we won NSL Elite, NSL Premier, and now we are winning the regular season of the MPSL. So the secret is working hard and have a lot of dedication for this beautiful game that we call soccer. So really we try to do everything on a like professional, you know. So there are people that work full-time. I work full-time by myself uh, into this project that I created back to 2018. So we, we try to bring the European culture here in Miami Beach, and I think uh, we are doing very well. We won three titles. We are running for the fourth one, you know. And this is our first participation ever to the MPSL. So... I think uh, we, we should say, you know, congratulations to ourselves this time. No, absolutely, and uh, that's a great showing for your club. Obviously, uh, running the club is Francesco Esposito. How big of a, of a help he has been to get these players ready to go each and every match day? You know, Francesco uh, is three years that he's doing a great job. He's a great motivator. He's a great coach. And he's a modern coach. So uh, he, every day he, he study something new, and uh, all the all the players follow him. So all the players uh, they follow that his advice, you know, uh, everything. So Francesco is a very important piece of this success uh, campaign, in the MPSL, and I think all, the whole organization because uh, you know uh, we should the player. Uh, uh, between uh, Francesco and me, you know, we analyze video, uh, we come up with tryouts, so uh, we go into details, you know, uh, for some players that we brought for outside the Miami, we use my scouts, so we are trying to, to do something professional, so uh, behind this success, there are uh, hours and hours of work, dedication, watching video, you know, watching a live game, here in Miami, you know, Miami has a, has a big pool of talent, of South American talent, but also American talent. So, and I think we, we create a, the right mix, you know, and uh, we are first in the conference now. Oh, that's fantastic to hear. How difficult has it been to get supporters to come to your club? Or maybe not difficult at all, after all. You have two other sides that are representing the Miami area, of course. Uh, Miami United, who has been the longest tenured side in downtown Miami, uh, as well as the Dutch Lions having a Miami club there. Has it been uh, difficult to get supporters? And at the same time, is this where the derbies really start to brew and you love watching your side take those sides on? Yeah, uh, yeah Miami is very hard for uh any of those teams that you mentioned to bring support to the field because Miami with New York and Los Angeles is the only city that has professional baseball, professional soccer, professional basketball, professional American football. So, you know, <laughs> the, the, the people are pretty busy here. But 
uh, we attract a lot of people because uh, our style, you know, our style on the pitch and off the pitch, our style on the social media, we represent for the world Miami Beach. It's a dynamic city, modern city, fresh city, and we represent very well on our social media. And also on our style of a game, you know, playing in the in the, the, the match, you know. So people, they at the beginning, they were very curious, and now we are the only team that... Uh, every year win something so uh, people know us very well and they think that uh, uh, we are uh, you know we are reaching the same level of Miami United you know that uh, is 10 years that uh, is in the conference and uh, is one of the best team here semi pro Miami so we are we are reaching almost their level I have to ask you this obviously uh, it looks like you're in a prime position to make the playoffs here in the MPS sell and if you do get to go on a big run in the playoffs if you reach the quarterfinals you will qualify automatically for the u.s open cup for next season how important is the open cup to you your players and the organization if you do get to qualify for that great tournament in 2023 that's our big big goal you know to get qualified to u.s open cup is a Three years we are trying to get into the US Open Cup, but uh, for some reason or another, we, we could not play the US Open Cup. And this is really something that uh, the players and all the organization and, my, and uh, me as well are willing to do because uh, it's something that can get you closer to the pro, to the pro team. You know, you, we all know that uh, uh, there, there, there are no promotion relegations, so the US Open Cup is the only competition that can get you play with a, um, a pro team and, you know, to, to see your level. So uh, I, I'm so happy that we are winning this conference, but, you know, playoff is something different. You know, it uh, doesn't matter if you arrive first or fourth. You know, playoff is uh, win or die and anything can happen. So uh, I can tell you that uh, <laughs> we have a lot of insight for the playoff because anything can happen. But... Uh, we, we want to get to the US Open Cup, and uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, we will do very well. No, I think you will. I mean, the way, you're, the way, the way your uh, trajectory is going right now in the standings and the table for the Sunshine uh, Conference, it's looking really strong. I mean, to score 22 and only allow eight uh, has been, in my book, it's been fantastic. I know you mostly pay attention to your own conference, but when you see the MPSL as a whole, how competitive have you seen this league become? Because especially, you know, Lone Star has been competitive. Um, we've seen, of course, uh, the Keystone Conference here in the Eastern region yeah. is very competitive. Uh, there's just tons and tons of fantastic clubs facing off against each other. And, you know, which club would you like to face or at least give your team a chance to test their abilities against? You know, the MPSL is by far the best uh, non-pro league that we played, by far. So, And uh, here in South Florida, is very competitive, but, uh, you know, watching the game and, what, and looking at the standings also, uh, all over the United States, is very, very competitive. Uh, last year, Naples won the MPSL 4-1 here. I guess Miami died, then they went to play in Georgia, they lost 5-1. So that's the level, there is a, it's a very high level, you know. 
And uh, for me, I would like stay in Florida because I would like play against another great team that uh, uh, I, I know very well since they were playing NSL, uh, NASL, so the Jacksonville Armada. I think it will be a great Florida Derby, you know, as quarterfinal. Uh, so they're doing very well, you know, they have a history, so uh, I would like to play against them. No, absolutely, and I think that would be a fun time to see that happen. Uh, how surprised are you to see how much talent there is, like you said, in, the, in, in Florida? I mean, there's so many talented players, whether they're uh, South American, European descendants, uh, even uh, kids that are probably second-generation American or third-generation American, how the talent has grown and grown and grown. Talent in South Florida is growing a lot, and in the whole Florida. And uh, it's not only about the South Americans, because there are, the American players are very, very good players. We we, we are facing uh, uh, Central Florida Panthers, uh, uh, which the major, the majority of their players are American, and they are very good. And really, I like the style of playing of the American player. South Florida has a lot of talent, South America, but also Caribbean talent. So the soccer is growing a lot here. You know, we should have more facilities here in South Florida. Very tough to find a good facilities, and uh, you know, it's very tough to to emerge with this with this uh, system in the United States because uh, we have very good talent, but uh, uh, we, we are not, we don't have the backup of the federation. So anybody can come and steal our players. So we, we do a lot of work uh, uh, choosing the talent, you know, spending money on the talent, but then anybody can get and can bring the players uh, you know, to his team. So we should have more backup from the federation. You know, I, I come from Italy. So in Italy, there are teams for from four division. They make up good money and they give a good opportunity to the talent. You know, because they sell the talent. Here, you cannot do this. But if something will change in in those terms, South Florida will be a very hot market for the players. I agree. No, and I agree with you. I think uh, we're seeing uh, the talent pool getting bigger and better, uh, and clubs like yourselves are, are definitely enriching yourselves with all this great talent locally. And, uh, we, I mean, this is something that I know you'd love to see, and if you're able to get them to move up to the higher clubs, we'll see what happens. But, yeah. obviously, it's been a very good uh, run for Miami Beach Club de Football uh, yeah. going forward here. Um, how long have you been a club, not just in NPSL, but, like, overall – uh, playing in the lower divisions below MPSL? So I created the team uh, back on uh, October 2018, but we started to compete only on uh, March 2020. So uh, there was a, a long process to create the team, you know, so more than one year. Uh, and uh, we started to play March 2020, and then COVID happened. So... Let's say we, 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 the team has been founded in 2018, but we are playing from uh, uh, August 2020. And from August 2020 uh, until today, which is uh, uh, July 2022, we won three titles, and now we are almost there to win the regular season MPSL. Well, I can tell that we know what we are doing. So where in Italy are you originally from? 
I'm from Rome. I'm born and raised ah. in Rome. And I'm, I moved in the States in 2014. And previously, I lived three years in Brazil because uh, I born like an agent, FIFA agent player. So uh, then when I came here in the States, I just left the agent, you know, and I went on the management position, which I love. So, dare I ask the question? Rome. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. so, dare I ask the question, is it Roma or Lazio? That's the question that all the people ask, and I'm going to answer, give you the weird answer ever. Juventus. I'm a huge fan of Juventus. Oh. For, <laughs> for so many years, we, me and my father, we had a... We are older, seasonal ticket holder, you know, so I'm huge, yeah. huge fan of Juventus. And I was so happy last year when we got Weston McKennie, so, you know, because I'm Italian-American now, so I'm happy also to have a Weston McKennie in, the, in my team. But, you know, Roma has a, a great uh, ownership from the United States, you know, and, you know, they already won something, the Conference League, and uh, I think with the Jose Mourinho, they, they can do, they can leave a mark. You know, a lot of... Uh, People from the United States, entrepreneurs that are investing in uh, Italian soccer because it's, uh, it's, very, it's worth it. Well, Tony, I really appreciate you coming on tonight's show. Thank you so much uh, for your time. I do appreciate it. Good luck with the rest of the season, and I hope uh, Miami Beach Club de Football uh, does something special in 2022. Thank you once again. Thank you. appreciate it. Thank you very much for inviting me, and I have a good weekend. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much. That Bye. is uh, Tony Iafredi, who uh, joins us tonight uh, as the chief executive officer and founder of Miami Beach Club de Football. And now we're going to head back over to the Midwest, excuse me, not the Midwest, to the uh, Mid-Atlantic, as we're going to head on over to Virginia. And it's in Alexandria, Virginia, the general manager of the Alexandria Reds, Leland Kradick. I hope I pronounced your last name correctly, Leland. Thank you for joining me, and how are you? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on the show this evening and and giving me the opportunity to speak on behalf of the Alexandria Reds. No problem at all. Alexandria Reds, why called the Reds, and what special meaning does that have to name the club that? So I I believe that as far as the Reds go um, and the logo itself, Obviously, being in Alexandria, Virginia, very close to D.C., I think we drew some inspiration in the red, white, and blue in the logo um, from, you know, our nation's capital. Uh, as far as the, the red, to be completely honest with you, you know, I'm, I'm fairly new to the club, and I know the club's been around for a very long time. I, I definitely think it's, it's something that, um, you know, draws some inspiration from, from some clubs over maybe in Europe as far as the logo goes, uh, something I definitely need to dig more into. That's okay. Not a problem here at all. Um, Right now on points, uh, you're tied with Northern Virginia Royals, and, of course, you have that plus one on the goal differential lead. Uh, What has been the difference this season than the last couple of seasons that uh, the Alexandria Reds are going to be a very tough club to face when you get to the playoffs? 
Well, being that it's our first season in the MPSL, um, it's been a great opportunity to face off versus some very quality local opposition. And with big teams like Northern Virginia United and Virginia Beach City FC, who have been in the league for years, it's been a a real great uh, opportunity to, again, be able to travel these stadiums and see the fan bases. And I think for us, one of the, the big factors has been able to recruit some very talented local players seeing that we have some major universities very close by in George Washington, George Mason, American, James Madison. And I think that's really given us the edge. Um, you know, it's, it's all comes down to the players coming together and really uh, meshing and getting that chemistry. And thankfully we've had an incredible first season so far, and we're looking forward to really making a push in the playoffs. And don't forget William and Mary. I know uh, Williamsburg's not far away, so don't forget them. Very true, very true. And I, I didn't even mention all of them, but uh, the DMV, honestly, it's one of the, the greatest uh, regions in the United States when it comes to, you know, players playing this beautiful game. And thankfully, you know, with the club being the size that it is, we've been able to attract some of the greatest young talents in the area. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and just to talk about, uh, the level of soccer in the area, obviously, there's been tons of players from Maryland, Virginia, even inside our nation's capital, uh, especially when D.C. United, uh, still the big club on campus there for uh, that area. Uh, what, what's it like to be you know, very close by to the uh, four-time MLS Cup champions that can give, um, uh, how do you call it, uh, um, um, to 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 be inspired to become especially in the NPSL. Uh, it's honestly incredible. I mean, our executive director has some experience working with DC United, and we do have some very close ties with DC United. So you know, it's it's one thing to be able to have a major league team twenty minutes away in a almost brand new stadium. But being that they have the history they do, you know, it is a lot of inspiration for our players. And really, I think the goal as a uh, younger player is for most to, you know, play at the highest level. And for us to be able to offer these players a platform to play in the NPSL, you know, we hope that we can provide them with exposure so that maybe, you know, they can get an opportunity to make it and, and play at that level. Um, it's it's so nice to be able to, again, just 20 minutes away, go watch a game and see some of the, you know, best players in the United States play and also some young guys that they bring in from Loudoun United. It's definitely very inspiring for our players and um, something to work towards as well. I don't know if you were able to watch the CONCACAF under-20 tournament, but the United States basically ran rough shot all over their opponents with the exception of maybe – uh, against Canada for that 2-2 draw in their second group stage game. But when you're seeing American talent doing so well in the CONCACAF Under-20 tournament, not only just qualifying for the FIFA Under-20 World Cup, going back to the Olympics and winning the whole thing you know, with ease, how confident are you in the American player now improving their, uh, their play, especially for your club? Well, I think it's it's very, very different um, over the years. At this point, you've seen a, a huge increase in young talent that are making waves, and you see some young guys, 
you know, signing for major uh, clubs here in the United States, obviously, but then you also have your players going abroad and playing for some of the biggest clubs in the world. I think in regards to our organization, they do an incredible job of getting the, the youth started very young and really just offering them the opportunity to be in a very organized professional environment. And they want, you know, all of the participants to achieve their greatest potential. And that's really the vision of the club. So um, some of the things that I think are very promising for the United States and the players moving forward and just the fact that we get to host the world um, in a couple of years now, it's drawing so much more attention to the game. And I think that's the most important thing is to continue to have everyone um, enjoy the beautiful game and try and bring in some new fans and create more and more attention and get these young players more and more opportunities. And the, I think the most important thing is for these younger players to have proper guidance. And I believe our organization uh, really has the player's best interest in mind. And there has been situations where maybe there's a very, very talented player in the club and they've been offered an opportunity to potentially go somewhere else. And, you know, at that point, if the opportunity is there and it's what's best for the player, they've, you know, given that player their full support and uh, wish them luck in their journey. And I think that's really what's most important to make sure that the players are taken care of and hopefully guide them and help them make the right decisions in their playing careers and also, you know, help in their personal lives and, and make sure that they're um, doing everything they need to do to be successful. Talk about your head coach and William Hanna and his coaching staff. I mean, you know, it, it looks like uh, he's got his guys ready to go each and every match day. You're looking solid out there, as I've said already, in the uh, mid-Atlantic table. Uh, Alexandria Reds with six wins, two draw, two losses and a draw, 19 points, plus one on the differential to be at the top spot of the mid-Atlantic uh, it sounds like he's been doing a fantastic job getting your guys ready to go and battle every single match day. You're definitely right. I mean, being new to the organization, uh, the moment I met Will, it was very clear that he's a very organized uh, individual and has a plan for everything. And when it comes to the players that we have from day one, he made it clear that you know, it doesn't matter where these guys are coming from. It, it all comes down to the hard work that they put in on the training ground. And whoever gives that, you know, effort is going to get the opportunity to play. I've, I've never seen such organized training sessions. And in regards to, you know, inspiring the players and everything, um, he does an incredible job of just making sure everyone's on the same page, making sure that the players have the confidence and knowing that, you know, they can go out and play their game and they have his full support. And it's, it's been an absolute honor to be able to work alongside him. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to playing our last regular season game tomorrow against First State uh, out in Wilmington, Delaware. And hopefully this upcoming Wednesday, you know, when we play the semifinal, we can continue to stay consistent and really make a playoff push. It's, it's been very good to work with him. Now, what's it like facing off against these other clubs in the Midland Conference? Obviously, as you said, First State, Fred, FC Frederick, Grove Soccer United, Northern Virginia United, and Virginia Beach City FC. How difficult has this Mid-Atlantic Conference been now that you've been deep involved in it for this year? It's, it's definitely been an interesting season, and one of the main reasons I'd say that is because being one of the smaller conferences – and only having six teams, obviously we play 10 games in each team twice. And 
just this last week, we played Northern Virginia United on Saturday, and then we just played them again on Wednesday. And I think, you know, you can you can play a team once, and obviously it can go either way for you. But then to see them again a couple of days later, obviously um, it, it's difficult sometimes because, you know, we got the result in the first game, and then we saw them again. And uh, unfortunately, it didn't go our way. But um, it is definitely interesting uh, playing each team twice. And I think it's a, it is a little bit different than maybe playing, uh, you know, 10 different teams one time. So I think that's really made it interesting. And the competition has been so quality. Uh, the facilities that we've played at have been great. And, you know, again, the the popularity of the game in the area is there. So every game is a great experience. And um, almost each of these teams has a youth organization as well. So um, it's really nice to be able to see the youth players come out and watch, and hopefully they are inspired to continue to work hard and eventually play at this level. So, um, yeah, the, the competition has been incredible, and I'm I'm really hoping that we can – you know, make it through the playoffs and have an opportunity to play some quality opposition in one of these other conferences. Now, I just had on Alex Yee, one of the co-owners of the brand-new Annapolis uh, Soccer Club that's going to start next season, and he informed me he'll be in the Mid-Atlantic Conference with you. Um, What are you going to expect from them next season uh, when Annapolis is officially in the league? (laughs) I think with the experience that both he and Kyle Beckerman have uh, playing and, you know, just being involved in the game, I'm, I'm definitely confident that they're going to be able to put together a very solid team and a organization that will be able to come in right away and compete. Um, it's, it's definitely nice to see the game continue to grow. I think Annapolis is obviously a great area and, um, I was born in, in Frederick, Maryland, so I'm a Maryland guy, but now I'm living in Northern Virginia. It's nice to be able to, you know, go back into Maryland any time or any chance I get to be able to, again, continue to be around the game. And I think uh, as far as their their name goes, it's been great that they've really involved the fans in that process. And it looks like they're taking all the steps necessary to ensure that they are going to be a very top club in this league. So I'm really looking forward to facing off against them in the near future, and hopefully we can have a great relationship with their club and continue to grow the game in the area. And finally, if I can ask you this, as you said, you know, you are a Maryland guy, and now you're living in Northern Virginia. How amazing has the talent been growing being in Maryland, of course, in Virginia and the in our in the capital and surrounding Washington D.C. Do you just have a boatload of riches when you're finding these talents uh, within that area to bring them over to Alexandria? I I would say yes. I mean it's it's a situation where Alexandria Soccer Association is a very established organization, a very large organization, and they've grown rapidly over the last couple of years. And I think when you're a player looking to play for a team, regardless if they've been in the league for 10 years or it's their first season, you know, you look for a couple of things. You look to see if it's an organized situation. You look to see who the coach is and what their experience is, because as a player, you want to be able to get everything you can out of that individual and ideally um, continue to move forward and improve your game. And I think with the DMV in general, 
um, we've really been able to pull in some of the best players due to the fact that the organization is, is so great and so organized. And, um, you know, they really have a great vision and mission. And it's, it's a situation where, thankfully, we've had a incredible first season. So hopefully we continue, um, you know, to make a playoff push. And, you know, when next season rolls around, ideally, you know, you continue to bring in the top players and, you know, we move forward, we continue to compete. Absolutely. Well, uh, Leland, I appreciate your time to come on the show tonight. Good luck with the rest of the season for Alexandria Reds. Hope you do well, and uh, good luck in the playoffs. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. And once again, ladies and gentlemen, that was Leland Craddock, uh, general manager of the Alexandria Reds, joining me tonight. And coming up next now... Here on the NPSL Soccer Show, this gentleman is the director and owner of the Pittsburgh Hotspurs, and this is Mr. Tom Ovenden. Tom, good evening, and how are you? How you doing, guys? Good to be here. Wonderful to have you on the show. Thank you for joining us. Um, You know, we all know the Western Pennsylvania area has been growing very well with talent especially with the schools, especially the University of Pittsburgh, uh, growing talent there, uh, you know, to give you guys an opportunity to get players. Uh, how long had it been? Because we all know it's a Pittsburgh Steelers town. It's a Pittsburgh Penguins town. It's a Pittsburgh Pirates town. How, yeah. big has the, how big have you grown along with the Riverhounds that are finally be getting those players and getting the attention you so richly deserved? Yeah, I think, the, the, you know, it's definitely growing. I was talking to my wife on my way up to um, the game. I'm literally sat in the parking lot of the, uh, uh, the, Cleveland, uh, the Cleveland Stadium here, and we just, we've just finished our, finished our game, and I've popped off into the car to get on this call, and uh, we've not got the result tonight. But um, I was telling my wife, like, the, the Pittsburgh Spirit used to sell out um, the Civic Arena, 19,000 people watching indoor football back in the 70s and 80s, and then it got um, then it got stopped by the owner because they were they didn't like it outselling the, the Penguins. So um, since then it kind of died a little bit, and now I just feel like with Jay doing what he's doing with with uh, with Pitt, and uh, you know the area is really starting to to catch for, for for soccer again, and yeah, the the Hounds are starting to get some bigger crowds. So you know, I think it's only good. It's just pointing in a great direction for what we're doing, you know, and the clock's ticking towards the World Cup and trying to build some, you know, interest. And I think we're in a really good place with, uh, you know, like making uh, Pennsylvania West a, a place for football again, or soccer, sorry. No, that's okay. Look, it doesn't matter. Football, soccer, it's the same thing. You go with what you feel comfortable with. That's quite all right. There's no... There's, there's no <laughs> argument here. It's, it's still the world's favorite game. So, for sure. But yep, absolutely. But definitely, um, being in that Rust Belt Conference, as you said, Cleveland SC, uh, a tough uh, side to face off against. Akron City in Ohio, Erie Commodores, uh, your fellow uh, Western Pennsylvania uh, rivals, Western New York side, FC Buffalo, and yourselves. I mean that Rust Belt conference conference must be a knock 'em out drag 'em out affair. Yeah, it's it's a real 
it's a real uh, blue collar affair for sure. A lot of, the, a lot of the, we, we we joke that um, at, at some point when we play FC Buffalo, 22 people will still be on the field at the end of it, um, and and one of these days it will happen. So, fingers crossed. Absolutely, fingers crossed, and uh, hopefully um, everything will be right as rain when you're definitely going to face off against these clubs and uh, getting the necessary points to move ahead. Now, obviously, Cleveland is ahead by a match in hand, and they're going to take on Erie Commodores probably over in the weekend. But still, though, as you know, you got 21 points, so technically you're still in first place on points, just Cleveland jumped ahead of you because of a match in hand. I think that's a little silly, but that's just me. I'm not going to argue it. But, yeah. you know, what has been the secret to a successful season so far? Well, um, I think, you know, we're, we're blessed having the coaching staff that we've got. Um, you know, things have, you know, definitely ahead of schedule when it comes to, you know, how well the, the, the MPSL team is doing. And, you know, Dan and uh, Tom Duffield, uh, and Peter Mulhern, they've done a really good job of, um, you know, just getting the lads together. And you know, like you said earlier, with with J- what Jay's doing at Pitt, and um, there's a, there's a lot, you know, Duquesne, RMU, they're they're all starting, you know, since um, you know Jay's come in, and it seems to have just like got the you know the juices flowing for for soccer in the area with the, with the colleges, and there's a lot of talent coming into Pittsburgh and. Um, you know, we've we've done a really good job with the recruitment. You know, the tryouts have been, you know, busting at the seams. Um, so there's just been a lot of talent, you know, knocking about. And you look at the, the, the starting 11 onto the bench, all have played, you know, played Division One or still playing Division One, uh, And then we've got a little blend of some internationals as well. So I think, you know, the, the blend between the recruitment and then, uh, you know the environment and the, the things that the coaches have been doing is is really set us set us up well and you know there's just a really good energy and vibe. Um, you know I think the, the gentleman before on the call before you know mentioned about a lot of the clubs having youth youth programs and you know we're getting you know a couple of hundred people coming to watch from the academy and you know it just it just brings a nice energy. I I've never been. Like one of my things for me has just been to have an exciting game day, you know, like a, a day where you can come out uh, and and watch, drink a beer and watch watch the team and be excited about you know about that that match day at the weekend and um, you know that 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 environment it just all all pushes in the in the right direction to really um, you know like get get things going well and. And, and it's just proved to to be a you know just a really good season so far. It's going to be difficult now. Obviously, like I think we're going to be going into the playoffs. Um, you know, without playing at home, we'll probably be playing away, which which is going to be difficult. But you know, it's all to play for right now. And just to go back to your uh, coaching staff, as you said, Dan Brower, Tom Campbell, Mark Duffield, Ed Ellsworth, uh, Michael Gardner and Peter Mulhern, uh, they, you and, and the rest of them must really devise a solid game plan to get ready for these clubs in your Rust Belt uh, conference. Yeah, I mean, I think um, on the call before we made, made a good point, it's interesting when you get to play, you know, I think we're playing each team three times, right? And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's 
it's an interesting one because you can be playing the same team in a week. So, um, you know, I think everyone's got everyone pretty locked down with what, how, how to play them. You know, just watching the Cleveland game tonight, like it was a role reversal. You know, we, we sat in the last game and played on the counter. And this game, we were kind of, you know, pushing. And, uh, you know, Cleveland played on the counter quite well. So, it, it, it's, you know, it ebb and flows. And, you know, you go into these games with, with, with different ideas. And I think as the season grows on, it just becomes tighter and tighter. And obviously, you've got injuries and, you know, um, you know, the the squad you know keeping the squad energized is 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 the piece and is the kind of secret sauce and you know the lads have done a really good job of just creating a team spirit and making it you know everyone have a role and playing a part in it so it's it's been really good so far. Uh, that sounds fantastic to hear. Uh, moving on here, so obviously the season the regular season is going to be coming to a close very soon. Do you already know your opponents? Is it the top two that moves on into the playoffs? So who are you going to face in the in your uh, conference uh, matches? Yeah, so it looks like we'll be playing uh, we'll be playing Cleveland um, up here in um, in Cleveland in, in, into the playoffs. I'm not 100 percent sure, honestly, whether it was the top four or not, but I think it's just the t- the top two playoffs. Um, to then go to the regional um, to the regional um, final. How surprising has the Western Pennsylvania area been to see all this talent coming to Hotspurs? I mean, obviously, you know, like I've already said, the Steelers are the kings of uh, American football prospects when they go to University of Pitt, or at least, uh, you know, when they get scouted. Uh, you know, to go and join them, or even for baseball and even for hockey. But how impressed are you to see so many players ready to come to your club? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the MPSL is a really good uh, platform for these players that, you know, are are at college. Um, and then, you know, with, with now the, you know, generations coming in that have played at college, are we having that really good um, – you know, a uh, blend of players that have played and, you know, are doing then, you know, the nine to five, as we call them, you know, the, the guys that just still want to play and, um, you know, are really, really up for it. Like Nicky Colorach, you know, Rami Benassi is, is really good examples of, um, of lads that, that, that come in as well as the, you know, those college lads. And to your point, you know, the college, the college players, you know, we're lucky because there's not really an, another MPSL side within a couple hours. So, um, you know, we're, we're getting a very, very strong tryout, and you know, this, the squad is very deep when it comes to um, when it comes to the talent. But obviously, the, like the secret sauce is keeping everyone involved and keeping everyone engaged. And you know, you see the practices. You know, it, it's a it's a great run practice that the guys are doing, and you know, it gives everyone what they need. And you know, we just got to keep everyone motivated as we go into these into these playoffs now. No, absolutely, and uh, that's going to be a fun time when you get into those playoffs, and we'll see what happens moving forward in yeah. the MPSL playoffs. It should be a lot of fun. So, originally, where are you from, and uh, how was your journey to the States? So, I um, I came over here in 2007, and um, we started, at, like, we, 
we kind of like took over Hotspurs and about five years ago, and uh, kind of reshaped the, the the model of the club. It was it was kind of like a team centric program where you know each each coach kind of ran their own team and the teams were off in an island. And you know the the biggest thing for me was bringing over this idea of uh, you know a club for the community and building a club um, for the community. And we've launched three sites. Uh, we're working with Arsenal now and we'll be launching a new brand next year which everything's going to come under so we're at about 1300 youth co- youth players now and uh, under the same roof and you know all, everything points towards these first teams and getting the kids excited about um, you know the next level you know from 15 to 19 our big you know kind of um, experience has just been like once these kids get into college and get committed the foot comes off the gas a little bit and we want them to have something to strive for and you know our goal is to have 50 percent of the academy be make up the first team um you know and and we're, we're right on course to that you know looking at the field tonight there's players that have played within the academy at some point um and and we hope that that keeps going but overall it's just having a club for the community that people can get behind um, and, you know, like you said, to, to your point earlier, you know, Pittsburgh's a really vibrant uh, football, you know, sports city. Um, and, um, you know, we're, we're hoping to tap into that, the lo- support the local businesses um, and, and, you know, be, be, you know, kind of lock down this northeast po- Pittsburgh uh, pocket that we're in and, uh, you know, embrace a local rivalry with the Riverhounds. Hopefully we get to play them, you know, maybe in the in the U.S. Open Cup at some point. But, you know, we just think it's exciting to have local rivalries and, you know, have, um, you know, people that are local that, that we're battling against. I think that's a really, you know, strong and positive thing. And I think it's a little bit uh, different to, you know, the traditional American sports culture. Absolutely, and that sounds great. And I have to say... That partnership you just said with Arsenal, that must have been a dream come true to partner with one of the top clubs in all of England, especially in London, with all those clubs that they have in that one area, in that one city. I know different different areas, different parts of of uh, London, but still, though, to have that partnership with Arsenal must have been uh, the cherry on the top for you. Yeah, I mean, it's actually just a local team, Arsenal, that we've brought in. Uh, it's not the Arsenal, sadly. Um, I wish it was. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's been. But even though you know they have a really strong club, and that's where our coaching staff, like Dan Brow, has come from, Mike Gardner. Um, you know, so you know, having having this kind of you know relationship and working together on you know the same club has been you know a really positive thing. That's fantastic to hear, and I'm very happy. Uh, to, for you to hear that uh, you're doing uh, extremely well. So all I can say for you is this. I wish you good luck in uh, this season. I wish you good luck in the playoffs, and uh, maybe you'll escape uh, the road trap and uh, host, uh, host a match uh, in the next round. We'll see what happens, but uh, Fingers good crossed. luck. Thanks, Gary. Fingers crossed. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, mate. Uh- Bye-bye. Appreciate you as well. Thank you very much. That's Tom Oven, uh, Ovenden, director and owner of the Pittsburgh Hotspurs as they get ready for the big playoff push. And let's see what happens moving forward uh, for them as they are ready to go 
and ready to have some fun here. Um, in the MPSL uh, season of 2022. And my final guest for tonight, this gentleman is the head coach of Duluth FC. The gentleman is Sean Morgan as he joins me right now. Sean, good evening, and how are you tonight? I'm doing well, Daniel. How are you? Very well, very well. Now, I don't know if you were with the club a couple of years ago, but there was that one wacky, crazy night in the Open Cup, where uh, I, both teams were having fun putting the ball in the back of the net. It got forced into extra time, and then it goes into the penalty shootout, and it was uh, your side advancing to the next round, winning it in the shootout. That was probably about, I would say, four or five years ago. Yeah, I think that was Dakota. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I was uh I was playing. <laughs> Seems like Oh 10 my years god, ago. were you? I was playing, <laughs> yeah. That that must have been yeah. a crazy, crazy night, but you know, uh how you call it? Open cup games are always crazy whenever it falls on that date, I'll tell you. The craziest things always happen in open cup play. You never know what you're gonna get, you know? Yeah, pretty memorable. I mean, I think that was our first involvement in it. Um and you know, coming coming up against a team that that's you know we've had a lot of experience with over the last couple of years in Dakota, and yeah, pretty crazy, pretty memorable, memorable evening. That's for sure. That is for sure. If I can, uh, now that you are a coach, uh, involving yourself, uh, managing the lads, and not being one of the lads, what differences has that been for you in your current coaching career? Yeah, um, I mean. Obviously, since I played, it's been it's been four four years or so now. Um, but just being on the other side of it, you know, I'm still relatively young and, and not that far removed from from playing, and not that far removed from some of these guys that I'm coaching in in age. Um, but I think there's there's definitely what I've found over the last couple of years, you know, a, a bit of a mutual respect for you know where I've come from and and being associated with Duluth for for you know six seven years now and. Um, you know the the boys really kind of take on board and and what what I'm saying and you know what I'm, what I'm passing on from from my own experiences and in terms of what I've seen in the conference and what I've seen you know in the MPSL in general. Um, so it's been it's been quite an easy transition to be honest. It hasn't been it hasn't been difficult at all. And um, I like to think I know what I'm talking about, so that always helps. What's it like with your staff with Corey uh, uh, Bullhuller? Craig Chudley, Greg uh, Gilmore, uh, what's it like being with them for the for the co- for your coaching staff and how you guys have gotten along so far? Yeah, fantastic. Um, you know, we've got Corey, uh, Corey and Craig and, and and Greg and all all have played at, at various levels and you know I've been over here for college and came through the system at college and and you know Greg's done the same and. He's obviously a head coach at, at Northland College in in Ashland, which is only about an hour and fifteen minutes from from Duluth. And um, you know, everybody brings something different to the table, and I think that what, that's what makes us a pretty cohesive unit. Um, you know, I, I like to be quite involved on the coaching side, and um, you know, quite find myself to be quite passionate about the game and, and try and put that message across to to the players. Whereas, you know. Greg is is probably a little bit more reserved in that aspect, and 
and is able to kind of take a step back and analyze everything and and you know pass things on to me and um you know Craig's a good mixture of both and and Corey brings lots of lots of insight into into the goalkeeping side of things and, and keeps us right in that department so I think we uh we gel really well and 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 you know we work work quite well as a coaching team no that's fantastic to hear and uh, you guys uh you get your guys ready to go and uh travel uh for these big big games and you know at the moment uh Duluth FC you're only a point behind Med City in the uh, Northern Conference it looks like at the moment you and Med City are running away from the pack uh as Dakota Fusion's only you know 18 points so that's a good solid 12 to 13 point stretch between uh, your club with Med City to break away from the rest of the North. What's this season been like so far with with you and uh, and how you've been able to uh, uh, get the get the victories as easy as it looks? Yeah, I mean, definitely not easy. That's for sure. Um, you know, and the, the way the way the schedule kind of shook out this year, it's been kind of tough the second half of the season. But it's always uh, it's always slightly difficult for for ourselves and for most teams in the conference apart from probably Minneapolis, you know, we're all, we're all recruiting guys from all over the country and, and, you know, with the, with the overlap of people graduating and finals and stuff like that and, and college seasons in the spring, maybe running a little bit later. Um, it's tough to get people gelled early and, and get everybody on the same page. And we were lucky in that aspect this year that we managed to do that pretty quickly. And we got a couple of, of good wins under our belt, you know, from the first three games and, and that kind of set us on our way a little bit. And, um, you know, we have, we have our own philosophy of play and we have our own principles that we try and, we try and stick by in terms of training and games. And, um, you know, there's, there's always been like an attitude and a, uh, a persona around the loop where, you know, we're sort of gritty and hardworking. And, um, you know, that's what's pulled us through. And, and, you know, we faced little bits of adversity here and there and, um, you know, we've managed to overcome that good, whether that's going a goal down or, or you know, winning the next couple of games after a loss and, and things like that. But, um, you know, the, the conference itself this year, I've found it to be uh, to be really competitive, you know, especially the first half of the first half of the schedule. Um, teams taking points off each other and, you know, a lot of a lot of tough games. And um, I think the biggest difference that I've noticed this year with the group of guys that we have compared to previous years is, you know, they've, they've really bought into the way we want to play and, um, you know, they work really, really hard in training and, and they've carried that, that kind of philosophy of play into games and, you know, we're high energy and, and high pressing and, and want to attack all the time and guys are hungry and and want to win and I think that's that's really, you know, transcended throughout, throughout the, the season and allowed us to pick up the wins that we have and, you know, typically in the past it's been, it's been awesome, Med City and, and Minneapolis and Dakota there, thereabouts from year to year, kind of all challenging for, for the top two spots or to win the conference. And, and this year, you know, Med City are obviously kind of in the same boat as us as far as, you know, vast recruitment from, from a lot of different areas and colleges around the country. And um, we've already played them once and played them again tomorrow and really, really, you know, exciting games and, and really tight games. But hopefully we can we can push on with with, uh, with Med City tomorrow and then a final game against Sioux Falls next week. And hopefully if we can get, get both wins and, and take take the conference title, that would be kind of the cherry on top before we, before we turn the focus to the playoffs. 
No, absolutely, and uh, hopefully they'll have a good, solid run going into those playoffs. Um, who has been the most uh, dangerous player on your squad to go uh, into this season, and what have they done to improve them, their play? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, this this year we recruited a really, really high standard of player, I think, and um, I think if you know if, if folks have been looking at our roster week to week, um, you know we, we've been able to rotate a lot of guys and and, and keep players fresh because June's been a pretty grueling schedule for us with with two games a week. But um, you know we, we've got a lot of talent in the top half of the field. Blake Perry is a relatively local guy, um, plays his college soccer at UWS and at University of Wisconsin Superior up here, and um, he's been really really dangerous throughout the, the entire season. Um, you know, real PSC winger uh, likes to get get in one v one situations, likes to take people on as a solid end product, and he, he's been he's been fantastic for us this year, coming up with assists and goals at key times. Um, you know, and I'd say the other one that that's probably had the biggest influence on the team overall is uh, Andres Solares, who plays college at Christian Brothers University in Memphis, um, but. He's he's been outstanding as a number six for us. Um, I think he I think he's got eyes in the back of his head. To be honest, he, he sees absolutely everything. You know, covers covers so much ground in every game, while still playing in a central role, breaking up play, keeping it simple, pushing us forward. Um, you know, he's been he's been terrific for us and a, and a massive asset this summer. So, you know, I definitely advocate for him to go and play at a higher level, which I think is he's more than capable of doing. No, that's great to hear. And uh, obviously, you got a lot of um, talented players coming into your uh, camp and seeing what they've done so far. Uh, looking at the table in the Northern Conference, it's just been absolutely fantastic. And hopefully, you'll get on a solid run in the playoffs. What would it mean for you? Like you said, you played in the Open Cup. What would it be like for you to be the manager in the Open Cup? Yeah, listen, it would be fantastic. You know, the club, the club's come a long way in six years, and and you know we haven't won a conference since 2017, and hopefully we can kind of square that away in the next couple of weeks. But the Open Cup is is you know it's it's pretty prestigious, and I think you know if we had the opportunity to get back into there, you know, for next year, you know, we give it give it a hell of a crack, and um, you know, just. You know, it's not. It's not so much what I do, and it, it means that it means a lot to me because I've been in the area for for you know the guts of ten years and been associated with the club for a while. But at the end of the day, it's you know it's down to the it's, an, it's a great opportunity for the players to kind of showcase themselves and, and push themselves on and test themselves against quality opposition. And you know it's also good for the for the city here in Duluth to have you know that exposure for a soccer team is kind of unheard of up here. You know Minnesota is traditionally. Um, associated with with hockey and not not so much soccer and you know it's it's really getting those kind of higher profile games and playing in in top tournaments that that's really going to help grow the game and push it forward and for the community and for the you know the the kids that that come and watch the games it's something for them to kind of look for or look forward to and and kind of strive for as they're playing and, and coming up through through the different clubs that we have in town. Of course but one thing is for sure I know Minnesota they love their football they love their soccer and uh, that entire state is soccer crazy. I promise you that. That I do know. Uh, other than that, um, what 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 makes you happy when you're seeing all these talented players coming over 
to Duluth to be a part of something special. Uh, we've seen what the U.S. Under-20 team did in the CONCACAF uh, tournament that just happened this past June, July. Uh, they're going to the FIFA Under-20 World Cup. They're going to the Olympics in 2024. Uh, what gives you a positive feeling about the talent that is within our country that you can now pluck and nurture from within Minnesota? Yeah, I mean, you know, we there's a lot of good local talent here, and, and slowly but surely we're we're trying to filter that into the club, and and I view it kind of as a platform, you know, not just our club, but I'm sure there's there's you know multiple people that look at looking at the MPSL and looking at the players that that have played within the MPSL and the talent that's coming through, you know, we we kind of give them a give them a platform to showcase themselves and prove themselves at this level, and then hopefully they get the opportunity and, and kind of help them help provide those opportunities for them to make the steps to the next level and the progression. And um, like I said, a lot of younger guys that have come in and, um, you know, starting off at 16, 17 playing in the MPSL is, is a great start. And then, you know, obviously working their way through college and hopefully get more exposure as the year go, years go on. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of talent locally and, and within the state, you know, I think the North conference and, for the most part, like the Midwest region in general has a lot of talented guys. Um, you know, I think for the last time I checked the overall standings, you know, there were six or seven teams in the top 10 to top 20 that were all within those three, those three uh, conferences in the Midwest region. And it just goes to show that there, there's, you know, there's serious talent here and, um, you know, it's just getting them, getting them that, that experience and that exposure to help them kick on in their own careers. That's fantastic to hear, and obviously it's going to be a fun time when we get to the playoffs. So uh, all I can say, Sean, is uh, I hope you have a very good evening. Take care. Uh, good luck with the rest of the season and in the playoffs, and hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for your time. Yep. Appreciate it, Daniel. Take care. Thank you, you too. That's Sean Morgan, the head coach of Duluth FC, as uh, this will do it for tonight's third episode of the NPSL Soccer Show for the 2022 season. I'd like to thank my guests for tonight, Alex E. co-owner of the Annapolis NPSL side for 2023, CEO and founder of Miami Beach Club de Football, Tony Iafredi, uh, Leland Kredic, GM of Alexandria Reds, Tom Ovenden, director and owner of Pittsburgh Hotspurs, and Mr. Sean Morgan, head coach of Duluth FC. Thank you for joining me tonight. I hope all of you enjoyed the show as much as I did. Thank you so much for uh, talking to me, uh, for my guests. And once again, enjoy your football. And this has been the MPSL Soccer Show right here on the Feuerstein's Fire American Soccer Show. Have a good night. Take care so long. And bye-bye for now.